0: This sermon is kind of like coach pitch baseball, softball. You know, when I was when I was growing up, we didn't have t-ball. It wasn't anything called t-ball. When I when I was five years old, though, uh, and I wanted to play baseball, I played coach pitch baseball. Uh, Dale Reagan, he's a he's a wonderful man, good elder down in uh, Dixon, Tennessee, at the Walnut Street Church of Christ. He and his family owned the Friendly Neighbor Store. It was a it was a Hardware store, appliance store, furniture store. So a little bit of everything. And he was he was the he was the pitcher. He was the uh, for our team. He was our coach. And you know he would he you know in coach pitch you don't rare back you just throw it. You know I promise you I'm not going to throw this ball at you. I promise I won't. Okay. You know you don't just rare back and throw it at, at you know you want your player to hit it. You know, and you may even get up there real close, especially with the little ones, and you, you just kind of lob it in, don't you? You don't, you don't throw it hard. You don't, you don't, you know, you could take this seams and you could put your fingers on it a certain way. I know some of you guys could, and you could, make this, you could make this ball do all kinds of stuff. And that is not my intention with you this morning. Okay? My intention with you this morning is like coach pitch, softball or baseball, it's, it's coach pitch. I want you to hit this ball this morning. This sermon's kind of like a this sermon's kind of like a ball. And I want you to hit a home run. I do not oppose you in this sermon. I'm not trying to trick you in this sermon. I want you to to, to hit this ball and, and I'm just gonna lob it in here and I want you to hit it so hard and I want to watch you run around the bases in 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 victory this morning. I want you to be confident as you hit that ball this morning. I want to see you succeed in, in this life and, well, more importantly, in the life to come. That's my, my hope for you this morning. When you coach pitch, you know, everybody likes it, though, a, a little bit different. You know, some people, you know, they like it here, you know, high and outside. Some people like it in way in here near their hands, you know. Some people like it just right down the middle. You know, everybody wants it in a little, you know, if, if you pitch, coach pitch, you know, I, I remember pitching to Ben a few times and, you know, Ben will say, Ben will hold his bat out there. That's where I want it, right here, Mr. Chan. I want it right there. And you try to put it there. If you're coach pitching, you try to you try to put the ball right there. And, you know, everybody's a little different. Every Every one of you like the ball in a little different spot. I'm going to try to pitch you a ball this morning that... Every one of you can hit. Every one of you will like this, this spot. It'll be your spot. And I hope that, hope that hope that you understand what we're talking about by the end. This pitch is everybody's pitch. You know, and if you don't, if you don't hit this one, if you don't hit this sermon, if you don't hit a home run, either I'm a really bad pitcher or you're blind. Okay? Not physically blind. But you may need to get your spiritual eyes checked. Okay? We're not talking about physical things. I'm using a physical object lesson. I'm talking about spiritual. Are you spiritually blind? As we continue with our Life of Christ series, I want to point out a specific miracle of Jesus. We've been learning about the life of Jesus Christ this whole year. I want to point out a specific miracle of Jesus this morning, of Jesus physically healing the blind and how we can use these miracles that Jesus performed to help us maybe out of our spiritual darkness. There are five instances in the Gospels where Jesus heals the blind. Six miracles, five instances... And one instance where Jesus is made blind. And we'll talk about that here in just a moment. Each of the miracles of Jesus healing the blind has has something in common with the others in that each recorded miracle of Jesus healing the blind, there there are questions asked and answered. Right? And I want you to see as we look at these instances of the miracles of healing the blind, I want you to see the questions and I want you to see the answers. That was the wind-up. And here's the pitch. You ready? Are You ready? John records the healing of the blind, man born blind here in John chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. This happened in Jerusalem where Jesus was passing by. A man born blind. Uh, he was born blind. He was blind from birth. There, you know, There are many in this category spiritually too. There are people who have been born blind. But there are people in this room who are blind, and you've been blind from birth as well. You didn't have a chance to grow up in the church. You've never had the spiritual insights that that so many of you who have grown up in the church or have been in the church for a long time, you've had those spiritual insights. You know what I'm talking about here. This is an easy pitch for you. Some of you, this is a little harder. It's hard for you to see spiritual truths. Many of us, we've grown up with the truth. We've grown up with the Scriptures. We've grown up in the church. and We we take a lot of those things for granted, don't we? The disciples, they asked a question. Chapter 9, verse 2. Rabbi, who sinned? this man, or his parents, that he was born blind. Logically, what sin could a baby commit to warrant being blind? Well, none. So it had to be mom and dad, right? It had to be mom and daddy's fault. Mom and dad, on the other hand, they had a lot of things they could have done so this child would have been born blind. Sexual sins, they sometimes lead to disease and, and blindness in children. Alcohol and drug abuse, they're both prevalent in our society today and they're prevalent in that society then. They, that could have been the cause. The mother could have been in malnutrition. Could have been malnutrition on the mother's parts. Lots of ways. You know, they had the mindset then as today. You know, if somebody has a bunch of good stuff and nothing bad happens to them, they must be living right. You know, have you ever you've said that, you've used that for people before? Oh wow, that happened to you, man. You must be living right. How many times when it didn't rain for so long back in may and june and july i heard did i hear we need to pay the preacher more we must not be living right we have that mindset that's not a right mindset that's not a godly mindset it's not a bible mindset god doesn't teach that and the bible doesn't teach that kind of way of thinking you understand that right People look at all the terrible things that are happening to a family and they say, well, they must not be living right. Well, that's not, that's not what the Bible teaches. That's not right thinking. If you, if you continue to think that way, you're going, to miss, you're going to miss the ball by a mile. Bad things do happen to good people. Job proves that. Job proves that. Jesus said that it rains on the just and the unjust. Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. Jesus answered their question. Do you see what he said? You see it? Hit this one now. Neither. Who sinned? The man or his parents? Neither. Verse 3, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Jesus says that he's the light of the world. Even today, we can take this light into the dark places. Now here you go. Hit this one. Jesus spat on the ground and made clay. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, verse 6, verse 7, and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seen. Now this man, he didn't ask to be healed according to the record here. He didn't ask to be healed. He didn't start out with faith. Jesus was just passing by. You know, only about ten of Jesus' miracles... Of all the miracles that He performed, all the signs and wonders that He did, only about ten of the miracles did Jesus uh, perform, and the person had faith from the jump, from the beginning. Let me tell you something. Everyone that Jesus wanted healed was healed 100%. He wanted them healed, they were healed. You know, I baptized some who I was just passing by and I, and I got in a Bible study with them. And you know what? The Lord added to the church 100% of those that should be saved. I didn't, the Lord did. But notice, even in those who were just passing by, obedience is required. Now, here you go. Hit this one. The man born blind, he's unique to John. Here's one that's unique to Mark. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. On the north end, the top end of the Sea of Galilee, is the town of Bethesda. In this short passage, there are a couple of questions and a couple of answers. The Bethesdians they brought a blind man to Jesus... Those of you who are spiritually healthy, you understand this. You understand this. You may have many times brought the spiritually blind to Jesus, brought them to church, to his body on earth. The friends here, these friends, they beg Jesus to touch their friend. And I consider to be this the first question, really, because you really can't beg very well without asking a question, can you? Like, will you please touch my friend? Will you please heal my friend? They begged Jesus to heal their friend. And Jesus' answer was was not in word. The word's not recorded, but the deed is. The deed is, and the answer is yes. Jesus said yes by taking the man by the hand and, and taking him out of town. Now, I've talked with some of you about this particular passage this past week. Why did he do that? Why did he take him out of town? Take him by the hand, take him out of town... Why didn't you just heal him right there? I don't know. Was it the crowd? Was it the notoriety? Did Jesus take him to a prettier spot? Did he take him to a more shaded spot? Blindness was a common affliction during this time of Jesus' life. Ophthalmia is what we might call it. It's caused by the sun's glare in this region and also a, a general lack of hygiene during this time. There were a lot of blind people. This man was, was blind. He, he had to be led, it says. The, you know, the, the blind will many times follow the leader, won't they? How blessed was this man who had friends, that would lead him to Jesus. We don't know if this man had faith. His friends did. But it doesn't say if this man had faith or not. Jesus led this man out of town. And kind of like in John, Jesus uses his spit. He didn't make make clay, but he... He uses his spit. You know, when I read this, I kind of thought about my mama, you know, when I said, would do that, don't you? Ain't that you're moving this way and the thumb is coming, the wet thumb. Don't you hate the wet thumb? Verse 23, he used his spit, verse 23, and laid his hands on him. And Jesus asked the blind man a question. Do you see anything? You who are spiritually blind, do you see anything? Is there even a chance here now that you might obey those things that just now may be becoming clear? I don't know if the spit or laying on them hands was a faith builder. I don't know if it was a partial miracle. The, the, the answer to Jesus' question was verse 24, I see men like trees walking. He couldn't see clearly. Verse 25, then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up, and he was restored and saw everything clearly. Maybe yesterday you didn't see things so clear, but look up here. Look here now. Look up. Some of you I know who need Jesus Christ continue to look down. You are never going to hit this ball if you don't look up and keep your eyes on it. You never will. Jesus told the man, "Don't tell anybody." That man, that command was for that man then. "Don't tell anybody" was a command to that man then. That's not our command today. Today we must go and tell all right, now, you hit that ball, watch this one. Here it comes. Take a swing at it. Watch this ball hit the bat. This miracle is told in Matthew and Mark and Luke. And we're just going to look in Luke. But in Matthew it says there were two men. in Mark, the writer names only one, Bartimaeus, Jesus was headed toward Jericho. He and his entourage were passing near a blind man by the road. In Luke chapter 18, verse 35, Bartimaeus, he heard the multitude of people and he wanted to know what all the noise was about. And was told that Jesus was passing by. And Bartimaeus cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And he, he, he must have known about Jesus. He had, must have heard about Jesus. Because he got excited when he heard it was Jesus who was who was passing by. And those at the head of the parade rebuked the man. And they told him to hush. You know, we probably don't know how many times we've pushed the excited blind away from Jesus in our lives. By our attitudes and our our actions we need to watch out for this don't we bartimaeus had faith he knew what he wanted he was not going to let his disability though nor those with the bad attitudes keep him from jesus still his chance to get to Jesus Christ. He cried out more, and Jesus stopped and he commanded Bartimaeus to, to come to him. And the blind, the blind man, he, ne- he needed to be led. And Jesus asked a question, verse 41: What do you want me to do for you? Let's say Jesus is asking you this question this morning: What do you want me to do for you? What do you want? Now I want you to think. I want you to think. What is the greatest need that you have this morning? What do you want him to do? Do you want him to heal you? Do you want him to make your faith stronger? Do you want to grow as a Christian more? Do you want to see your 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 daughter come back to God? How about your son? Would you like to see him come back? How about your mother or your father or your sister or your brother? Would you like to see them come back to God? What do you need? What do you want? Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's your your wife or your husband. Maybe you'd like to see them become a Christian. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe that's what you want. What do you want? Bartimaeus said, I want to see. Verse 42, then Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Your faith can make you well today. And and now, as then, as we read, we'll all glorify God when that happens. Watch this one. Just make contact. In Capernaum, Matthew chapter 9, verse 27, there were two blind men that followed Jesus. They cried out to Jesus for mercy. They followed Jesus all the way to a house. And Jesus asked, verse 28, do you believe that I am able to do this? Now hit this one. Do you believe that God is able to keep you from an eternity in hell? Do you believe that? Do you believe God is faithful and just to forgive you of confessed sin? Do you believe it? Do you believe He's able to do all this? If you are, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting on? What pitch do I have to throw that's easier than this one? What are you waiting on? This is an easy one, guys. You can do this. You can change your life this morning, you can change your eternity this morning. Pitch ain't going to get any better. Swing away. Mark 16:16, 16, 16, "He who believes and is baptized will be saved." First John chapter one, verse seven, to the Christian, God is faithful and just to forgive you of confessed sin." What are you waiting on? Do you believe he's able to do these things? Verse 28, "Yes, Lord," they said to him. You know, a lot of people say, "Yes, Lord, and, and they mean it, and they're spiritually healed, but they, they go back into sin. Dennis Ventress and I, we were talking the other day at the the blood drive. Remember our conversation, Dennis? People become Christians and they get pulled by circumstances or they get pulled by family and friends. And they get pulled away so quickly. Jesus told these two men when He healed them not to tell anyone, verse 30, Verse 31, but when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. You know, I remember Peyton when, we were, when he was playing Little League. Where are you? There you are. He was playing Little League. He's about six or seven years old. And Brian was on Peyton's team. And Brian had a hard time paying attention. And Brian's mom used to use reverse psychology on Brian in that she would say from the stands, Now, Brian, mama doesn't want you to hit the ball. And he would try really hard. He would swing all the more to do exactly the opposite of what his mama told him to do. Brian, mama didn't want you to go out there and pay attention and catch that ball. Brian would do it. Remember Brian? I don't think Jesus is using reverse psychology on these men, though. I believe Jesus sincerely does not want these men to tell but they completely disobey and they spread the news everywhere anyway. Everybody heard, but at what cost? But isn't it good that everybody heard about about Jesus? Isn't that good? But Jesus said, don't. Don't do it. Which leads us to the next miracle account of the blind being healed. Make make this one your pitch right here, alright? Make this one your pitch. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 22, it's also found in Luke chapter 11 and partly in Mark chapter 3 where in Galilee one was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute. Demon-possessed, blind and mute. Deaf, dumb, crippled and blind, just about. Old song about that, I don't know if you remember that old song. Jesus healed him. And this man was pitiful. You know, isn't it amazing when the pitiful come to Jesus. I love it when the pitiful come to Jesus. Those you never thought would obey. You've judged them as a reprobate. You've judged them as as somebody that's unable to obey. There's no chance that person would ever come to Jesus. There's no hope that that person would ever ever come to church. Wild-eyed is what I call them. The wild-eyed. And the next thing you know, they are... The picture of sincerity because they have met and obeyed Jesus Christ. Verse 23. All the multitude were amazed. And they asked a question. Could this be the son of David? This is another way of saying, could this be the Christ? And with this question, we read of two answers. The Pharisees answer and Jesus' answer. The Pharisees answered, verse 24, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus, as you see, Jesus answered that Satan can't cast out Satan, then he would be divided. So the only other answer is, verse 28, I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, and the kingdom of God has come upon you and verse 30 Jesus sums up their attitude and and the two blind men's attitude and your attitude today verse 30 he who is not with me is against me now there's an easy pitch there's an easy pitch folks you're either for him or you're against him Got to be able to hit that in hard. Are you for Jesus or are you against Him? Jesus physically came on this earth and He physically healed many people and He physically performed many signs and they, they were, they were, these were written down and John said that, that if all of them had been written down, the books couldn't hold them, but these were written down so that you'll believe. And when John the baptizer, when he was in prison... He sent His disciples to Jesus to ask if Jesus was the Christ or should they be waiting for somebody else. And Jesus said, You run tell John, Luke chapter 7 verse 23, The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. But Jesus, He also came physically to heal the spiritually blind. Not just the physically blind, but to heal the spiritually blind as well. Yet so many times... This prophecy in Matthew chapter 13 verse 14 is is fulfilled even today, even in our society. This prophecy is fulfilled. Hearing you will not hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that... I should heal them. So many in this world are like the blind leading the blind. Matthew chapter 15 verse 14. Even today Jesus wants to heal you of the spiritual blindness. And if you'll just turn to him, he'll do it. Jesus physically came to earth and he went through so much for us. In Luke 22, Jesus was made blind for a short time by his own people. Peter denied Jesus three times as Jesus waited to be seen before the Sanhedrin. Verse 63, Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him in the face and they asked him a question. Prophesy! Who is the one that struck you. And Jesus answered Nothing. Nothing. The sinless Jesus bore this sin and this shame and the cross and and the the, the death and, and the burial and your sin and my sin. But he beat death. He beat sin. He, he rose from the dead so that all of you, all of us, everywhere could be healed. Now, here's a question for you Are you a sinner? The answer is yes. We all sin, we're all sinners. Romans 3:23. We all fall short of the glory of God. Here's a question. Do you see clearly what needs to be done? Answer, yes, of course you do. There's not anybody in this room that cannot see this ball coming. Answer, I'm a good pitcher. You're a better batter. You can see this. Question What do you want? What do you want? What is your greatest need? What is your deepest desire? What do you want? Question Do you believe? Question: Could Jesus be your answer? Question: Are you blind? If the answer is yes, hit this ball. Come right now. As together we stand and